Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to tell you about our recent Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic group adventure. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Chief Executive Officer of Dreams Unlimited Travel, Peter Werner. Hey, everybody. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Well, hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? It's been so long. It has. It's been a while since we've all been behind the mics, huh? Yes. For a dream show. Oh, for a dream show. For a dream show. It was just behind the mics like 10 minutes ago. Don't spoil the magic. People don't know that. <laughs> they don't know what happens. Well, they're going to notice that we're wearing the same outfit. <laughs> well, this is actually probably going to air a month or so after we record it. So they'll forget no, they're going to remember. They're going to remember. They remember what we wear. All right. So, like I mentioned, we had a really nice Adventures by Disney backstage magic trip. It was. Trip. Uh, nice group adventure back in July of 2017, and we want to talk to you a little bit about it. Um, we don't want to do sort of a day-to-day, this is what happened this day, this happened that day. We want to kind of um, focus on the things that were different on this trip, because I don't know about you, but one of the things that people say to me all the time is, you're doing another backstage magic. How could you possibly do that trip again? Yeah, no. They easy. never get old. They never get we old. We have folks that have traveled with us who are on their ninth, 10th, and 11th trip, and that's yeah. not us. Yeah. So it's one of those things that this is never the same trip twice. The bones are there, but um, things change. Right. And part of what makes it different are the people, right? Because we right. always travel with different people. So I thought we had a really good group this time. Yeah. Some folks we've traveled with before, some we know from other places, and some new folks. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to bring everybody together and do our, our trip. So like I said, this was back in July. Um, we knew that um, we had some different things planned. Kevin and I worked with the trip developer for this trip and we put some stuff in and some stuff we didn't know about was a surprise to us. So I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, that's Um, the nice thing about these trips is they, they always change something up. So it's not, it's not always the exact same thing. um, We do these a lot. Yeah. We've done several of these. So they always work with us and they'll say to us, how much do you want to know? And the only time I ever want to know things is if, it's going to affect how my guests that are on the trip are making their plans. You know, if they're scurrying around trying to make sure that they have, can fit in the fireworks and the parade and world of color, I need to know, I need to be able to say to them, you don't need to do that. This is all taken care of. But the other things that they change around, we always tell them, no, we'd rather be surprised by it also. And there's some things that are always the same. We always start out in Hollywood. You know, and we always then move on to Disneyland. But this is sort of the the whole trip is the story of Walt Disney's uh, experience in arrival in California, California. and onto and uh, it stops in Disneyland. In Disneyland, correct. All right. So starting off, uh, our first night, uh, this was very unusual because it kind of had to work around other people's schedules. But the first night we were in Hollywood, we had a surprise uh, speaker come and talk to us. It was Don Ballard. Don is a Disney historian. He specializes in the Disneyland Hotel, and he came out and he did a presentation for us. And one of the nice things about this was I was actually able to keep this a secret from Pete. And I'm uh, years ago, Kevin had turned me on to Don Ballard's book, um, The History of the Disneyland Hotel. And it was probably, arguably, my favorite Disney Yeah, book. I love it, too. Um, I had bought a copy and gave it to you, and then went back and bought another copy for me. This was back when Disney, downtown Disney had the Compass Bookstore. Back at, uh, out in Disneyland. And 
so I I always absolutely love this book. I always go through it. Just great stuff in there. Just great, you know, like pictures of the hotel from back when it opened, uh, which you know was looks much different now than it did then. Um, and so I I'm like I really I but I've never seen Don Ballard. I know the name. So I'm at the registration desk and I'm talking with the guides and, you know, here's this guy and and his wife and they're checking in and he says his name and it didn't register at first. And I said, well, hi, I'm Pete Warner. And, and, you know, normally the people on this trip are, you know, fans of our show and they they know know us us, they know us. And this guy's acting like he's never heard of me before. How dare he? And well, no, it wasn't that. I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then uh, Michael, our guide, um, is like, this is Don Ballard. I'm like Don Ballard, Don. <gasps> and I like totally fangirled. Like I went nuts. I went nuts. I'm like, oh my god, I had no because John does. He keeps he keeps secrets from me. I try. I try to surprise you. So he came the first night. We had uh, dinner in the Hollywood. In the in the hotel in the hotel in a conference space, it was very nice. Is what we usually well, it's do. It was a good dinner. Yeah, it was very very pleasant. And then afterwards, he gave a presentation. And again, he's a historian of the Disneyland Hotel. And the reason why this was important to us for this trip was for this particular group. We were staying in the Disneyland Hotel rather than the Grand Californian because of construction at the Grand Californian. I just have to tell a little bit of a story. He tells the story of how he became this Disney historian. He met a bellman in the lobby who had been with the Disneyland Hotel for many, many years. And they were walking to the room one day, and he said the bellman was helping him with his luggage. And he said, this hotel has such a history. It's too bad no one's ever written a book about it. And that was the impetus. And Don Ballard decided, we can just call him Don, right? We don't have to refer to him as Don Ballard. Don Ballard. (laughs) Um, He said that's what gave him the impetus to start this book. And he then got in touch with the Rather family. It's a very long, long story. But the Rather family, Jack Rather is the man who built the Disneyland Hotel. He was a friend of Walt Disney's. And Walt didn't have money to build a hotel at the time. He had spent his money on Disneyland. So Jack Rather, who was the owner of Lassie and the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger, yeah. um, Among many other things. Among many other things. The history is way too long. He built the hotel. So Don became friends with the Ballard family. Or I'm sorry, with the Rather family. And they have given him unparalleled access to their um, legacy, their vaults, their information, their archives. So the reason why we wanted him to be on our trip and to talk to our folks is because of the Disneyland Hotel. We thought it would be fun to sort of put that history into this trip. Before we got there. Before we got there and sort of unfold that. Little did we know that he had other stuff that kind of blew us away. Blew everybody away. Um, Our guides, who are top-level Disney guest relations people. These are VIP tour guides. These two have the highest level of Disney knowledge. Sat in the back of the room crying. They saw things they had... Ne- I don't want to make it sound like they're losers. They, teared, <laughs> they sat in the back and teared up. Um, they saw things they had never seen before. Do you want me to tell the rest of the story? I don't know. Should we give it away? Or yeah, it- we. I think we can. Okay. I mean, because it can never be shown publicly. Right. So... 
Uh, the Rathers have kept a vault in Hollywood with all of Jack Rather's archives in it, and they have given Mr. Ballard access to this. And he was allowed to look at anything he wanted, and they found he found old movie reels. And he thought maybe he would find some old footage of the building of the Disneyland Hotel. And to his knowledge, I'm going to give it away. I'm just going to rip the curtain open. He found actual color footage of the day Walt opened Disneyland and the dedication. And it, it was, um, first of all, the, the, the tin was mismarked. It right. said uh, Long, Lone Ranger or something or right. other. Um, and he just, on a whim, looked at it. And there it was. This was Jack Rather's personal, and he had his own video camera taking this video. You know, we see, we've seen the black and white stuff from the opening of Disneyland. This from was the newsreels. Right. And this was in color. And watching Walt walk up to the lectern where he ultimately made the speech that opened Disneyland. We're we all to, sitting there slack jawed. We got to see the first um, flag raising. Mm-hmm. That's in the video. The very first flag raising. I have goosebumps telling you about it. It was the most amazing thing to sit there because we've all seen the, the newsreel footage, mm-hmm. kind of grainy, kind of, you know, black and white. This was in color. And there's a very, very sweet story. He showed this to Diane Disney Miller after he found it. He's had it in his uh, possession for a while. And she cried through it. And she asked him to reel it back or roll it back a little bit. And she picked a specific spot and stopped it. And she said, that is the happiest... I'm going to cry telling you about it. That is the happiest she had ever seen her father in her entire life. Mm. The culmination of his life's work happened on that day when he opened Disneyland. And she said, you can see the joy in his face. It was a great experience. It was something I wasn't expecting. Because that's a way to start that trip, too. Yep. And it was like, I thought we were wondering about the Disneyland Hotel, but to see that little piece of history that we're all connected to, and we all know, and we're all very excited about, and it was kind of like, okay, where do we go from here? Now, let yeah. me ask you this something. This trip. Can we tease anything? A future show? What are we talking about? Actually, I think it's going to air before we do this. Oh. So you probably have already seen it. Um, as part of the Diz Unplugged, you guys had a chance to we, interview. We, I, we interviewed Don Ballard, yeah. Right. So we get to share this history. Wait, I think it's already up. <laughs> it is already up. All right, well, there you go. It's so hard. It yeah. Oh, never mind. It's, it's difficult when we do these in advance. You never know when something's Okay, my teases be. are really good. There yeah. you go. So great way to start off the trip. Again, we kind of went, okay, now how do we top this? But I think we had a great trip after that. Um, the next day was kind of a normal day. We did Hollywood. We did Henson Studios. Um, we went to the TAM. And at the TAM, with the TAM, TAM O'Shanter restaurant, where we go on every trip, where it's Walt's we're, we're kind of in the nose. So right, it's just we the TAM. We have a short <laughs> And that's where Walt um, used to eat. When he he used was, to send the nine old men to have dinner and come back with better ideas. So we do that as part of the regular part of the trip. But for us, we did something different. We had Margaret Carey, who is the body inspiration for Tinkerbell, actually come to the restaurant. Usually she meets us at the barn, but we weren't doing the barn this trip. So we said, come to the restaurant. And for me, it created a completely different dynamic with oh, Margaret. Sure, I agree. It allowed us to spend more time with her, but it also let her show off a little bit. You want to talk to her a little bit about what she did? She's Margaret is... Like the rest of the Disney legends, she's getting older. But she talked about the fact that Mark Davis was going to be the animator for Tinkerbell. And 
she auditioned for him and she talked about the fact that she went in and she approached this as if Tinkerbell was a dancer. So she said, I could walk like a lady in high heels, but I didn't think that's what he needed. I walked like a dancer would walk. And he said to her, um, pretend there's a mirror on the floor. And for the first time in your entire life, you're getting to see your reflection in the mirror. And if you've ever watched the movie, Margaret Carey pantomimed that exact scene and they animated Tinkerbell based on her movements. And she did that for us in the middle of the restaurant. It was really great. It was great. It was terrific. She's yeah, a and sweet, she's, sweet lady. She's sweet and she's just full of energy and she's as sharp as could be. I mean, And she's worked with the Marcus Brothers and our gang. And I mean, Margaret's got a, a, a colorful, colorful history and she loves to share it with us. She spent time with every table. Yep. She came to every table. She sat down. She told stories. She answered questions. And then she did the thing in the middle where she told that story about being a dancer and doing the Tinkerbell on the mirror. So that was a really great experience for me because it was – in the past, we've had her at the barn and it has been kind of limited – and kind of like it's okay. kind of a one-on-one at the barn. Yeah. She doesn't have a, gr- a place to do a group talk. Yeah. We talked in a different show about Disney legends. John and I love trying to bring Disney legends to our our folks that travel with us and our listeners and stuff like that. Uh, I mentioned before that that the reason why she came to the restaurant was because we didn't go to the barn, Walt's barn, uh, in Griffith Park. Uh, that was not part of this trip that we. I did. believe there was another activity there. So we had been many times. It wasn't a big deal for us. But as sort of the trade-off of that, they went. we went to the carousel, which was the carousel where Walt got the inspiration for Disneyland. Um, it's really cool because they show you his bench where he sat with the girls and all that great they stuff. They tell the story. And the man who owned the carousel for a very long time became elderly, and he passed it on to this young man who had worked for him for a very long time. So the gentleman who now owns the carousel is very, very proud of it. I apologize. I can't think of his first name. But he tells a whole story. He shows you how the carousel works. He lets you go back and see the mechanism. And then he lets you ride it. And it's it goes fast. It has a top speed of, what was it, 24 miles an hour? Something like that, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like really fast. I have to tell you, I rode it the last time we did it. And I sat in a bench, and Webmaster Kathy and I sort of clutched each other. And John has video of the two of us, and we weren't going 24 hours an hour, and our hair was blowing. It was really fast. It was like a big centrifuge. We're all pushed up against each other. So um, that was that day. Next day we had a big centrifuge. It is. I felt my white blood cells separating. <laughs> so the next day we head to um, before studios. We do, before we do that, okay. I want to go back. No, that's the same day. We did the studios in the morning, the TAM, yep. and then the carousel. And that night we got to do something really unusual. We had dinner in no, the... Oh, you're jumping ahead. We only had two nights in Hollywood. The next day was the day we went to the studio. Oh, you're right. I'm jumping ahead. You are jumping ahead. Never mind. So the next day we go to – it's tough because it's been months, right? Right. So it's tough to really – Or a re- month. Right. To put that stuff together. Two. Two. And um, we go to the studios, which is a little bit of a different switch for us. Usually we start at Imagineering. And then the afternoon is the studios, Disney Studios. We start in the studios. We had breakfast there. They did the normal tour for our folks. Uh, and then we went – to Imagineering, and this was something different. We went to a place at Imagineering I didn't even know existed. Before you jump there, there was a big 
what originally turned out to be a letdown. We were traveling. Our trip bumped up against the D23 uh, convention. And what happened was one of the big carrots at the end of the stick going to Imagineering is you go to Mickey's of Glendale. Right. It's the store for the Imagineers on the Imagineer campus. And we couldn't go there this time because they had closed it and emptied it out and taken all of the merchandise to D23. So that was, we had to tell our folks that they weren't going to get that shopping you weren't, experience. You weren't missing much. Wow. I mean, normally Imagineering's great, but if that was everything they had, if they brought to D23, I was like, really? Hmm. It was kind of disappointing at D23 for that. But Go ahead. So um, part of what we talked about, what could we do extra for our folks and what could we do to make it special because they were missing Mickey's of Glendale, was um, they did give everybody a voucher. Who are go- people who are going to D23, they got money off of a purchase at the Mickey's of Glendale store at D23. But they also did this thing where we got to have lunch in some place at Imagineering. Again, I didn't even know existed. And Kevin knows a little bit about the what it's called and the history of it, so you do it. Uh, I have a little story to tell you. Disney had rented the property where Imagineering is for years and years and years. And they had been offered it for sale for... Years and years and years, and they had always turned it down. Uh, apparently, DreamWorks bought land adjacent to it, and Disney snapped this land up. Mm. Said, oh, we better buy it now. We better buy it now. So one of the things that was part of the property is something called the Grand Central Air Terminal. It was the first airport in Southern California. It has this huge, long history. Uh, Howard Hughes built all of his planes there. Amelia Earhart took off from there. And this sat empty for the longest time, and they weren't sure whether they were going to tear it down. Well, they eventually decided that they were going to turn it into part of their campus, and it's been rehabbed to its original splendor. It's amazing, too. It's this sort of Art Deco meets sort of Southern California architecture, Spanish Spanish architecture. It's It's truly a glorious building. And they took us inside and there's a short uh, film about the history of the building and what it was used for during World War II. It was a staging area for the South Pacific. I found it fascinating. I thought they needed a gift shop, but that's just me. <laughs> it was one of those things, too, where they said, you know, we're going to go and it's going to be the airport. And, you know, and I thought, oh, this is going to be so They're going to take so us to boring. see an airport terminal. And then they said, we're going to have sandwiches. So I pictured a hangar in Subway. That's I, <laughs> <laughs> I was completely blown away. I was completely blown away. It was, beautiful it was, it was. amazing. Wasn't it really great? It was a great afternoon. It was. And that's also the place where the D23 offices are located. Right. So just off this little room where you see a movie about the history of the hangar and the restoration of it is a little door for D23. Now that's right on the campus and this is something they've owned so I'm really happy that they've restored this and kept the history alive because it's a very historic place. It's, uh, this, this predates LAX. This was the airport for oh, Southern yeah. California. You arrived and departed from Southern California if you were going by air from the Grand Central Air Terminal. It's my understanding too that they have it available for rent. Yeah, you can, rent oh, yeah, you can have um, events there. It would be a great place for a wedding. It really would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. That was a surprise. Quinceanera. (laughs) Quinceanera. I apologize. Howard Hughes, Amelia Earhart, Charles Lindbergh, and Laura Ingalls all use Glendale. From Little House on the Prairie? She wrote Little House on the Prairie. 
Was she or flew in there? Yeah, or Ingalls Wilder. They used uh, the Glendale Airport as their home airport, airport and did significant work there because it was close to Hollywood. Uh, Shirley Temple, James Cagney, and Ronald Reagan all filmed at the Grand Central Air Terminal. So, Wow. Kevin knows things when he reads them. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> we did our usual tour of Imagineering. Things we're not going to talk about. Nope. Surprises we never, about we never talk about. Only the reason we can't t- don't talk about them is because they won't be the name the, the same the next it's time. Also, we go. don't want to spoil it, and we've right. kind of been told don't don't give it away. Don't give it away. That sort of thing. But a great another great day at Imagineering. So then we head to Disneyland. This is our first day at Disneyland. We take that long bus ride on the highway. That's always miserable. It, and they always talk about the traffic, but then you come to the orange curtain. I just learned that phrase this time. It's where uh, you cross into Orange County and the traffic disappears. I got to tell you something. Tell a story about being on the bus and the and the CD not working and what the bus driver did. They usually show a film about the history of Disneyland on the way to Disneyland. And this was a new bus with a new DVD player and they couldn't get it to work. And... Our bus driver kept saying it worked this morning. It worked yesterday. Our but you know when there's an exit and there's that little buffer zone between the actual exit and the, rest of the entrance, highway, so an entrance, the entrance onto the highway, and there's that sort of white lines that come to the a point. Zone. He pulled the bus over in the middle of that and like climbed up on the roof and banged something and made the CD <laughs> work. <laughs> we're like, okay, you're on the highway, and I mean, it was crazy. Cars were going by us pretty quickly, and he's up on the roof of the bus banging on something. He's screaming in the window, "Is it working now?" It did. Oh my god! So he got the CD to work. But um, we go to Disneyland. We get to our hotel. No, we stayed at the Disneyland instead of the Grand Californian this time. That is correct. And that evening we did something special. What did we do that evening? I don't remember. I'm not telling you. That was uh, We had dinner in the Blue Sky Suite, which used to be the VIP suite. We're guests of Walt, where the Rather family would stay. They talk about the fact that Lucille Ball and John Wayne were there. And every time they say it, I say, were they there together? Because that's a better story. So I've decided Lucille Ball and John, John Wayne, Wayne had an affair here. <laughs> Stayed at that hotel. But it was, it was lovely. And it was just this huge room. And they all have it done in very nineteen mid-1960s Yeah, modern. it's very 60s. Yeah, it looks like the 1960s world. I can tell you, it was very cool to be there, and it was a very neat space. It seemed so uncomfortable. It seemed like every all the furniture was super low and very angular and very. It was. It was weird because when you're on an ABD trip, you usually have these meals as a group, so you're sitting with people. This was little tiny seating areas where three or four people could sit together so it was kind of spread out but the meal was really cool it was walt's favorite and a taste of disneyland so they picked things that were extremely popular they had walt's chili um little corn dogs pigs and corn dogs they had these uh i forget which restaurant they were from but it was like a Parmesan crisp cone filled with Caesar salad. Yep, Caesar salad cone. So it was a handheld Caesar salad. Somebody's going to tell me what restaurant it's from, but that they were really good. And then for like no apparent reason, mashed potatoes. <laughs> Oddly, there were mashed potatoes on the salad bar. They were Lillian's mashed potatoes. Oh, probably. <laughs> she probably made them. I don't know where they came from, but it was like there, were, uh, there was meatballs and chili and, and mashed potatoes. Oh, there was a chicken. There was a chicken, chicken wings or something. It was. I thought it was a neat experience. It was cool. 
That was nice of them to do. Yeah, it was fun. It was different. All right. So then the next day is our regular day at Disneyland. I don't remember anything different that day. Well, I uh, I had to take off and start getting ready for D23, D23 so I was yeah. over at the hotel those two days. But The usual stuff. Won't go into too many details of backstage experiences, going on the rides. Being f- just walked on. Yep. Getting into the park super, super early and no one else is in the park. That is one of yeah. the experiences that – I mean, I don't think any part of this trip gets old for me. But least of all that, walking into Disneyland – before it's open to the public and seeing Main Street yep. with no people on it. There's a certain thrill when you walk past the people at the turnstiles who are waiting to get in and you hear them complaining about what jerks you are. That's right. kind of fun. <laughs> they get in and we don't. We take our picture in front of the castle and we get to talk to a Disneyland ambassador. So very, very cool stuff and a very cool day. Um, the rest of that day was usual. And then our final day was in California Adventure. Um, we got to ride Guardians of the Galaxy, which I didn't ride, but I did the queue. I thought that was really I've heard really good things about it. I haven't done it The yet bench either. outside is so comfortable. <laughs> I got to say on the bench outside. I thought the queue was unbelievable, but I chickened out before we got on the ride. So that the was The big fun. difference that day is instead of just seeing World of Color, they had set up a World of Color dessert party for right. us. So we not only had a spectacular view. We had seats. We had seats and dessert. Right. Usually they give us a special area, which is great at, unto itself because you don't have to wait in line and you don't have to worry about people standing in front of you and that whole thing. We just walk up and do it. But this time they arrange a dessert party. And for that's us. the that's also the case both days where we have for parade viewing, fireworks viewing. We have a special area and they always do something special. They bring some snacks in for yeah. us or something. So um, it's one of the perks of doing an ABD. Didn't you love though? I don't think you made it that night. You weren't. I feeling actually well. wasn't feeling well. Yeah. So after dinner. We had dinner at the Carthay Circle, which is, in my opinion, always delicious. But I wasn't feeling very well, so I went back to the hotel and laid down. I was surprised at what they gave us for that dessert party. They give you a plate, a pre-prepared plate, and there's cheeses and fruit Mm -hmm. and desserts. And usually when you have Disney desserts, it's like, oh, these are Disney desserts. These were really good. These are good. I thought everything was really good. I mean, really nice presentation. Um, A drink was offered. I didn't have the drink. I don't know what it was. But you get to sit in these sort of high director's chairs, and you're seeing above the crowd, which was awesome. So, And World of Color is unbelievable. Again, doesn't get old. Positioned from sort of the best place you can see it, you know, right dead on to the... One of our listeners... Asked if they if we thought I didn't go, so I asked you. One of our listeners said, "Do you think it's worth paying for the dessert party at World of Color?" And I asked you what you thought, and you said, "Absolutely yes, absolutely yes." I relayed that information, and Todd wrote back to me and said, "You were absolutely right. It was worth every penny." I would if if we were there by ourselves, I would do it and pay for it. You know, again, for the quality of the food you got, for the location, for the ability to not have to wait in line or get a fast pass This for could it. have actually been dinner. That box you brought back to me with the mm. cheese and the fruit in it, you could make that your dinner. Right. So save on a meal. So that's a, the the big differences for this trip, uh, the highlights that were different. Um, sort of overall, what did you guys think about this trip? I always enjoy it. I always enjoy the people. One of the, the things that is intangible. I love to watch a group of people who know of each other, but don't really know each other become their own small little groups. And you see them disappear into the parks together. And 
I kind of think that's cool. Someone said to me, I wonder if you guys ever think about the ripple effect of what you do and how you've affected friendships in other in the community, how you've introduced people to other people who have formed lifelong friendships. And I got to tell you, ABD trips do that, and that kind of thrills me. Your turn. Oh, um, <laughs> like what? Why are you looking at um, me? What's wrong? You know, it was a different trip for me because I was getting ready for yeah. D23. And, um, but, you know, said it a few times in this show, said it many, many times over the years. Um, this trip never gets old. Um, not just because they change things up. I don't care how many times you take me to Imagineering. It's never going to get old. Kid in a candy shop, right? I don't care how many times you take me to the Disney Studios. It's never going to get old. I don't care how many times I have lunch or breakfast at the commissary on the studio lot. It's never going to get old because of where I am. And I'm a Disney fan. Um, Even Hollywood. Even Hollywood. I do a lot of the same things every time I'm in Hollywood. There's a certain restaurant that I like to go eat. Well, they closed it this time because um, the Capitol Grill used to be up there yeah. and they closed it. Um, but, you know, like my I, – I have a, a routine, go to the farmer's market. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. And, yes, then having the experience with not just other people, but when we do our trips, these are other Disney fans. These are other – you know, and there, you know, we're all like passionate Disney fans and we're all geeking out over the same things. And I think part of what keeps it fresh for me is the energy and experience these folks are having. And like, it's so cool to watch. It because is so I cool. Deal to with watch. the money, I have people who talk about, wow, this is expensive. You know, I, this was a lot for us to spend on one place. Usually by day two or three, someone comes up to me and says, this was worth it. Worth every penny. Always. I haven't done the good stuff yet. Always. So it's. I want to go back to say something you touched on. One of the things is because we've done a lot of the experiences in the past, we don't participate in a lot of them. But what I like to do is I like to watch the guests and see their reaction to seeing something for the first time, that surprise or that Mm -hmm. thing they didn't expect or something you know they're going to see that they're just going to love. And I mentioned this on another show, but we're at the studios and we're sitting over in the the commissary outside of the commissary and the group had done the tour and they wind up in front of the store there and i can hear the guides they're telling the story about how if you look in the distance you can see the hospital where walt passed away and they tell the story about walt's passing away and in the group they're all crying and they're all so sad and everything and i think this is you know this is what it's about right this Connecting, is the emotional connection. Making people cry. Making people cry. I love it. <laughs> the whole trip is about that. Like, check. Made people cry today. That's magical for us. <laughs> but I think this is the thing that I like bringing to people. Connecting them with those stories and connecting them with those experiences and being able to have those things. And well, then the, sitting back and watching it and, is great. And, and you know, not to toot our own horn or pat ourselves in the back, there's also the element you bring to it in terms of Don Ballard. Um, that's not part of a normal ABD. That's something, you know, you guy, you come up with the idea to do that and put that in place. A uh, Margaret Carey, that's not part of the normal, right? right. Yeah, exactly. It's not part of the normal, normal ABD. Point. That's something that we do with our groups. Um, there's always something special. There's always something added on. Something fresh. When we um, go to Imagineering, we deal with the same gentleman that we've been dealing now with now for several years. And... 
he comes out and greets us and asks us how we're doing. And he says, I've got things you guys haven't seen yet. So we get to see things. They try to always freshen this up for us. And we've now seen something made me cry each time I've seen it. I've seen it twice. Yes. It's, it blew me away the first time and it blew me away the second time. So never gets old. So they spend some time trying to make our group. They, they help us. I agree. I love this trip. I think this is a great trip. We have another one planned for December of 2018. 2018. However, I apologize it's sold out. No, unfortunately, it's completely sold out. But we will do them probably every year. So if you're interested in getting on a wait list, you can contact Kevin. Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And he will help you put you on a wait list for our group. Or if you're looking to just do a Backstage Magic or an Adventures by Disney in general. I just want to correct something. We actually don't – I have found that the wait lists don't work because people okay. listen to our show and they're very excited and they want to be on a wait list. And then when it's actually – because I won't know anything about 2019 now until next May. So if I put you on a wait list in October, September or October, and I contact you in May, I usually chop off the first one. We announce sometime around May or the beginning of June and then give you a couple of days when we're going to release – our Diz exclusive trip. Listen for that. You can you, I'll answer questions. I'm happy to answer questions, but I really don't have a wait list. I can't pre-sell it. Gotcha. All right. Tried to drum up business for Kevin. That didn't work. There you go. <laughs> don't know what to do. You're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you guys very much for helping me relive this wonderful experience and talking about our trip. I appreciate it. Uh, for everybody at home listening and watching, thank you very much for joining us and being part of the conversation. We hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation.